1: From Pennsylvania Avenue to Main Street, Scott Inez tackles the hot topics like only he can. It's time for Inez Says.
0: Hi, hello, and I welcome you back to the Inez Says podcast. I am Scott Inez. Appreciate you climbing aboard today here on the podcast. You can find it. Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can find it right there on the front page of the WDBO app in WDBO.com. And please join me every single weekday morning for Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580. And stream us there in the WDBO app. Okay, we've got a whole bunch to talk about with Brian Kilmeade today. You can hear Brian every weekday, 9 to noon on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580. Here's that conversation with Brian now. Yeah. First off, Alejandro Mayorkas becomes the first cabinet member to be impeached since 1876. It happened last night on a second try by the Republicans, 214 to 213. What's your take on what happened on this historic impeachment last night in the House, Brian?
1: Well, I mean, he deserved it. He's going to, it's going to go to the, in a couple of weeks, he's going to go to the Senate where it'll die in a day and people hear their side and, they say it's a waste of time what what is it just underlines the utter frustration. I mean, you guys feel it in Florida. we absolutely been overwhelmed in new york city uh the uh, long island uh, the school teachers especially kids uh, being flooded into the classrooms. Uh, too old, Doesn't don't speak the language. The border's broken down. He denies it over and over again. Says uh, says it's not a crisis until last week. Then it's a crisis because the president came out and said it. And then we have these internal communications from Axios that shows the president uh, t- uh, destroying Bechera, uh, Xavier Bechera and others for getting this border so broken. And this guy's in charge. Now, I do believe he'll be replaced if he ever does quit with somebody worse. Anybody the president brings up, he doesn't look for the best people. He looks to check boxes. And that's why he's got the worst staff ever. He's got the worst press secretary ever. He's got um, a guy with a mustache wearing a dress, stealing luggage. You know, he's got a terrible Secretary of State who's just uh, a friend of his uh, drug uh, drug addicted son. You know, you have over and over again more examples. A vice president does not fit for the job. She's just a woman who's a minority. And and this is another example. This guy's I'm going to break the border because I'm going to do the opposite of Donald Trump. So they they pass it, and Steve Scalise has to come out. He's, he's got to come out of cancer treatment to do it. And I think it just makes everyone talk about it. That's the good part. The bad part is they don't really accomplish anything in the House. Uh, they fight with each other. They can't get – they even count votes. They have a very bright but ineffective speaker. But at least now people get front and center and see – what a calamity this guy Mayorkas is. And as Tom Holman has said, he works with him. He knows exactly how to fix the border, which makes it worse. He is a calamity.
0: I mean, has there been a more slimier guy in Washington too? I mean, in a town of slimy people, I listened to an interview with this guy. He never answers a question. And by the way, the three Republicans who voted no last night were, well, the same old Buck, McClintock, and Gallagher. And they say that what Mayorkas has done does not amount to high crimes and misdemeanors that this is a policy issue What, what do you make of that defense of what this entire administration has created at the border here brian
1: Oh, it is a policy. They they've broken everything. They yeah. they they made a, They created an app where you could just. The cartels are using it. They've had like something like 60 million applications to come in here in an app. If you're in another country, you go ahead, you get online, you fill out that uh, a form, and then you wait to be called to the border. Yeah. And everyone comes to the border. They no longer could say they're legal. They say, yeah, it's a catastrophe. Ecuador is terrible. I'm going to be killed. Okay, you could stay. See in 10 years in court. And that's what caused what goes on now. I don't know if you saw this, mm. but do you know 260 Chinese came through San Diego yeah, yesterday? I saw that. Do you know that 20,000 have come this fiscal year? And, and do you know some of them? There's video of them shooting uh, in in uh, South America, going to a gun range. I mean, what are they doing? What are we doing? That that was me. Don't know anything about it. I haven't been trained. Don't even give me a uniform that fits. I, excuse me. I'm calling a press conference. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking these guys. They're not moving. That soft-sided facility I usually use for graduation parties, I'm putting that right in Mexico. I'm making them stay there. I tell you guys, give them one, three, three meals, and I'm interviewing all of them. And out why the hell are you coming here? We know China sucks. I get it. Is that the reason why you're coming here? Well, you don't look like you're oppressed. Suddenly, you can get out of a communist country mm-hmm. at will to a great numbers. Yeah. Why is that? Because
0: they need people. And how are they getting there? I mean, you're talking about Chinese. Is anybody asking the question in government, too? Like, what are Chinese, 20,000 Chinese nationals coming over the border for? Syrians, Afghans. I mean, they're coming from all over the world. And eventually, tragically and unfortunately, something's going to happen in this country. I don't know what. But something is going to happen in this country, and that's scary. I want to move on to this Democrat, Tom Suozzi, defeating the Republican, Mazzy Pillop. What do you make of what went on last night with the Democrat winning?
1: Tom Suozzi was once Nassau County executive. You've listening around the country. Nassau County is huge. It's very dense. It's uh, bigger than 15 states in terms of population. So it's it's a prestigious job to have. So it flips back and forth. Democrats and Republicans really tough. Now, this is like a little bit of Queen's. Mostly Long Island It is 42 percent Democrat, 38 percent Republican. Mm -hmm. The rest are undeclared, and the weather was not great. Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad, but it was not great. It was probably the worst day of the winter. So that didn't help. They say that helps Democrats because Democrats vote early. So, But she loses. This is it. She's got a great biography, seven kids from Ethiopia, goes to Israel, married, marries a Ukrainian. They come over here with nothing. Uh, the the uh, husband becomes a, a cardiologist. She becomes a legislator while raising seven kids, for, served in the IDF, but she's not a great communicator. No one knew who the heck she was. Tom Swazi, extremely well-known, and he made himself out. He said, I don't even know how to pronounce Joe Biden's last name. And and she said something that's kinda of weird and she's like, I don't really have a, c I don't want to comment on Donald Trump. So Trump came out and blasted her on Truth Social and said, Who is this woman? So I thought that was odd. You know, either you embrace him because there's a lot of huge uh Trump fans and see if you can get some momentum, but being anti Trump doesn't get you anywhere in with the Republican Party significantly, unless you Liz Cheney, you want to live alone in Wyoming. So that was kind of odd, but she's not a great candidate, got a great biography. Mm-hmm. So Swazi winning is a bad sign for, uh, not a terrible sign for Republicans, a decent sign for Democrats, but it's not the bellwether. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't watch Ali Frazier. You know, this was an experienced politician, 61 years old, against basically a rookie politician who's still wrestling with the language. But. Immigration was a big issue, and still – and New York's been overwhelmed, and still I think it was fifty-three forty-six. so that's pretty significant. In the big picture, I don't know why Senator Menendez is there. Democrats don't touch him. Mm-hmm. This guy is a corrupt individual who actually uh, is a, a much more his, – his, his performance much more detrimental to the U.S. interests than uh, anything George Santos did, and the Republicans kick him out, and and Menendez is still there.
0: Yeah. No, it it's, it's the same old, same old in Washington. And I was going to ask you, I think you just alluded to it. Can we glean anything from this race in New York? Can we extrapolate it out to the general election? Because, look, here's another big loss for Republicans. I know Biden won this district by eight points in 2020, but is there anything— that we can look at, whether it's abortion or immigration? Is there anything we can look at in this particular race and extrapolate it out to November with Biden against Trump here? Not sure.
1: Number one, you just got to make a decision on the Trump thing. That's pretty clear. Uh, Number two is Swazi ran as a moderate, which he is not. Mm. So if you're going to sit there and be Joe Manchin, I think it'll get you places in this country. Uh, The average person is not Steve Bannon and is not AOC. Those are both extremes on the right and the left the average person doesn't see eye to eye with that but they're the loudest and and they have the biggest uh, platform i wouldn't say bannon's loudest but his wing is and i think that people look at that and they say you know i'm afraid to go against that but i don't really subscribe to that and and i think that that's what swazi did he said listen i'm i'm not alc meanwhile he was with he sided with He said, he flat out said, I'm an honorary member of the squad. Mm. (laughs) So, but that's not how he ran.
0: Real quick, first time I've talked to you since the Her Report came out, scathing report on Joe Biden. What is your take on the major points of that special counsel report on Biden from last week, Brian? couple of things.
1: Everyone's glossing over the fact, you know, he's old and he can't do the job in his memory's bed. Okay, that's a, that's a great storyline. Go with it. But are you missing the other point that he's been taking intelligence, classified at all different levels since 1977, and he doesn't even put it in a place that's secure and never did? And he knew, unknowingly picked it up and said, I got classified documents here, said this out loud on tape to his ghostwriter, was determined. Uh, he's obsessed with Afghanistan, determined to make sure he's right on this. Before he even knew he was writing a book, this guy was taking this stuff home, and he kept it. He moved it from Virginia to Delaware. He had a temporary house in Virginia after he left. Uh, he said it over and over again and knew exactly what he was doing. And you're talking about other things that he took uh, that he took out. And and all this stuff. If you were a corporal in the military and you did this, you go to jail. So, and and one of the things they said is, you know, Reagan took his diaries, and they say, well, it, he you know he has stuff in there that tells you. He goes, well, if you want, it's at the ranch, and then they go into detail about this, and they said this is what he will do in court if we take him to court. And what what happened is after it was done, Nancy, after he uh, lost, you know, he died in '85, I think, and mm-hmm. and Nancy Reagan said. Here, come take all the stuff, and it's in the library on display today, and they say you know, Reagan held on to it. He actually published a book on it, and then he gave it to his library, and some of this was intelligence back then. And that's what he's going to point to and say that he could take it because no president's been prosecuted on this. Oh, wait a second. No president's been prosecuted until this guy named Donald Trump took it. And that's the thing. Now, Trump, was he evasive on it? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's being candid. He thought he was negotiating. They raid his house and take it. I don't need to retry his case now. I don't know exactly he did, but I'll tell you what, if you read this stuff, and I'm almost through uh, I'm almost through it all. Yeah. I'm one of these idiots that's reading every letter because I couldn't believe it. It's not one of those boring legal documents. It yeah. does get redundant, but it, it's not boring. And you see what he took. And how he took it, and the cavalier way in which he held it, and the crappy way in which he stored it. Mm-hmm. You go, why would this guy ever get hired in business, let alone become president? <laughs> So I just think that uh, that's, that's as big a story as he can't remember anything. He, uh, he has different explanations for uh, for things. He also came out and said, you know, I wanted to take this stuff to preserve my record on Afghanistan. I want to prove I was right. And I, I won against Eikenberry, who general who was pushing me on this. And they corrected him. They say, uh, no, Mr. Vice President, Mr. President, you he was on your side. And you wrote that in the book. He was on your side. He's like, oh, he was on my side. That's why I took it. <laughs>
0: As always, much thanks to Brian Kilmeade for appearing on the Inez Says Podcast today. That's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Make sure to join me on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.